Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there, and welcome to the podcast. This is Molly. And I'm Kristen. Kristen, sometimes when we do that little introduction like that, Mm -hmm. it makes me think we're about to launch into sort of a cheesy women's commercial about that special time of the month. Like Aunt Flo, like yeah. when Aunt Flo comes to visit and you, you know, you're all cranky, you don't, you don't feel good. You're like, hey, girlfriend, why so down? I know it's very, and they're very, um, sort of obscure in terms of what they're talking about. Right. But you, you don't know what under- it is. You know what it is, but you don't mm-hmm. understand like why the girl's wearing like a whole bunch of sweaters. Especially when they're on the beach. <laughs> yeah. Like it's very, uh, it's very sort of hidden, but you're, but you know, whatever they're talking about is bad. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that, uh, tampon, maxi pad commercials. Really make it seem very unpleasant, but I guess they are trying to to sell sell their wares, right? But no, you grow up watching these commercials, and you think this is something that you only talk about in the ladies' room with mm-hmm. your friends, and nothing will be right for a few days. Yes, but then along came these other commercials. I don't know if you remember these, Kristen. It was in two thousand three when there's this commercial that showed these women, you know, frolicking on the beach, like wearing these beautiful sundresses and just being like all free and in love with life. Uh huh. And you know what that commercial was for? Tell me. It was for birth control that eliminated your periods so that you only had uh, four every year as opposed to thirteen every year. So you get rid of all those extra cranky days. You can wear your swimsuit. Whenever, whenever you so desire without having to worry about anything. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen commercials like that. There are, there are a number of birth controls like that on the market. And, um, yeah, they always seem to show women, uh, footloose and fancy free in swimsuits. Right. They make, they make periods of this very big, uh, lifestyle choice. Mm -hmm. You can trade in all your bulky sweaters for your swimsuit and you can trade away all your monthly inconveniences for a totally awesome lifestyle if these commercials are to be believed. Right. But it's a little controversial to get rid of a period. Right. I mean, like when your mom sits you down and tells you what's going on with your body, she never says, hey, there's this option of getting rid of it. You sort of think you're stuck with it until you menopause. Right. You don't invite Aunt Flo over. She just barges barges right in. She is the guest you cannot kick out. Right. Since the FDA has approved these pills... You know, they can't be too harmful for your body. But at the same time, I think a lot of women wonder whether or not missing a period is healthy. Yeah. So let's explore sort of the health related things before we get into all the sort of social complaints some people might have about getting rid of a period. Okay. Uh, first off, what's what is interesting to me is that we do have a ton more periods today than any of our ancestors ever did. Mm-hmm. We have about 450 periods in our lifetime. Right. That, and that's opposed to around 160 periods over our ancestors' lifetime. And that's because we're having children later and we're living longer. So it just prolongs the whole cycle. Right. And also having fewer children. So obviously, we, we probably don't need our bodies to menstruate that often, do you think? Well, Molly, there are some benefits to having your period. First of all, the the bleeding eliminates excess iron. Mm-hmm. So that's good for your body. And then during your cycle, uh, women's blood pressure actually drops a little bit. So that reduces your chance of heart attack and stroke. So that's a plus. And there's also a possibility that menstruation flushes out bacteria from your reproductive system. So, you know, 
It's looking pretty good for periods. Maybe we do need them. But let's clarify that those are periods that are not regulated by birth control. Right. That is a natural period. There is sort of a natural flow, I mean, natural drop in the, in the blood pressure. But it seems like a lot of women get on birth control to regulate their periods. Mm-hmm. But we probably should point out, Kristen, that these are periods that aren't uh, regulated by birth control. Right. Not um, hormonally uh, adjusted periods, so to speak. So before we get into birth control modifying your period, I will give you the negative side of having a period. Okay. You gave me a few positives. I have way more negatives. Lay it on me. As I'm sure you, I'm sure you can guess from watching any sitcom, there's PMS. I think I've heard of uh, heard of that before. It's uh, sort of an excuse dumped on a lot of women when they start to get cranky. Mm-hmm. Are you having your period soon? It's almost like sort of a joke. Mm-hmm. But experiencing PMS, I say, is no joke. I never experienced PMS, Molly. I find that hard to believe. Because, and I, not just that's not a personal slam on Kristen, I find that hard to believe because a majority of women have experienced one or more premenstrual symptoms, which include headache, cramps, fatigue, mood swings, depression, and insomnia. And they're often severe enough that women are missing work, they're missing class. If they do manage to go in, they're having very uh, decreased productivity. Yeah, and some women have it so bad that they suffer from something called uh, dysmenorrhea. Molly, am I pronouncing that correct? Dysmenorrhea. I believe you are. And that includes severe cramping, nausea, and diarrhea. Right. And if you're, you're also at risk for anemia, because if you get rid of too much of that iron that you're getting rid of in the body, that, that can put you at a, you know, a negative balance. Endometriosis and ovarian cysts. It's not, not a good list. Yeah. And then, Molly, um, thing, things are about to get worse. They're about to get real heavy in here, Kristen. Mm-hmm. The big C. Cancer. Mm-hmm. And here's the theory on how this happens. Basically, even though it's, you know, doesn't seem like a huge deal. The very act of releasing an egg and having a period is very kind of violent in the body. Mm -hmm. What happens is uh, the immature eggs are called follicles and they develop. And when the follicle produces an egg, that scars the ovary. So already you've got one scar. Now, if you don't get pregnant during the time in which the egg is sitting there, if it remains unfertilized, then your uh, uterine lining sheds and that's your period. So basically when you have a scar, your body's got to heal itself. Right. So Mm -hmm. cells are regenerating. They're trying to heal that spot. But when cells regenerate, that's when you get cancer. If something goes wrong with that cell division process, then that's the recipe for any cancer. So when it's happening around where you're having, you know, eggs releasing, blah, 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 then you're talking ovarian and endometrial cancer. And basically, we know that this happens because when a woman gets pregnant, her chances for both of those cancers go way down, basically because she's not having a period for nine months. And so her body spared that very violent uh, menstruation process for nine months. Right. And oral contraceptives that prevent that ovulation process from happening may also lower the chances of developing ovarian and endometrial cancer. So that brings up, Molly, birth control. Birth control. Because it, I read an article, it was written by Malcolm Gladwell of Blink and Tipping Point fame. But he wrote this essay a long time ago about how um, if the founder of birth control had just marketed this pill as an anti-cancer pill, then maybe, you know, organizations that have trouble with the idea of contraceptives like the Catholic Church would have accepted it more readily. Mm-hmm. Because who's going to turn down anti-cancer pill? Now, Molly, John Rock, who invented birth control, was, ironically, a devout Catholic. And he decided to go with the 28-day pill cycle in order to mimic the woman's natural menstrual cycle as closely as possible. Because he thought that if it seemed natural, then Catholics might 
be more inclined to to buy it. Yeah, it would be acceptable. I guess he figured on figured out early on that it didn't matter how many days passed before you started taking the placebo pills. Mm-hmm. You could wait 21 days, you could wait 42, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but because, you know, he was facing, he really wanted the Catholic Church to accept his product, he just made it as natural as possible. Mm-hmm. And he also, he thought that might have some marketing benefits also. And at this time in the, what, the late 1950s, uh, there was no such thing as a reliable home pregnancy test. They couldn't just run out to the store if they were thought they were pregnant and find out. So the having a period every month was another way that women could know whether or not they were pregnant. Had one in the oven. Yeah, had a little had a little bun in the oven. So he thought that would be a big marketing ploy. But as it turned out, where his Catholic marketing ploy came into being, he he failed there because the Catholic Church still didn't want to accept the idea of contraceptives. Mm-hmm. But women started to really get into it. Um, and then they did start to get sneaky and, and figure out what he knew about, about, uh, elongating your cycle, so to speak. Mm-hmm. They figured out that if you skip your week of placebo pills, uh, the ineffective pills at the, you know, the last week of every pack, you could skip a period. Yeah. So if you had, you know, a wedding coming up and you didn't want to have your period on your honeymoon, beach trip, beach trip, hot date. Done. Just skip the period and keep going. So basically, instead of just taking the three weeks of hormone pills and then a one week of placebo, just start your next pack of birth control. So Molly, if we can, if we're taking birth control and we can tinker with our menstrual cycle and decide when we do and don't want to have it, are we really having a real period? No, we are not. Those are fake periods. And that's why earlier we were clarifying um, that all those health benefits that come from, you know, releasing the iron and lowering mm-hmm. your blood pressure... Those don't come if you're on birth control because you're essentially having a fake period. When you have a real period, your uterine lining is shedding because there's an egg there that needs to get out. But when you have a period on birth control, that lining is shedding just because you're changing, changing hormonal levels. Oh, Kristen, that's our favorite word. Hormones. Hormones. Ding, ding, ding. So a woman really doesn't need to bleed every 21 days. No. So, I mean, if that's true, then it does sort of make sense, these birth controls that just elongate the time in which you... Uh, aren't bleeding, basically, because that sounds convenient. That's why all those girls in those commercials were wearing their bikinis all the time, mm-hmm. wearing those long flowing dresses. They hadn't a care in the world. They had all that extra money from not buying tampons. <laughs> right. And, you know, doctors and FDA have given it the stamp of approval, but not everyone is on the skipping period boat. No. I think the most prominent uh, uh, person speaking out against this I found was a doctor named Susan Rico, who called uh, menstrual suppression, which is the act of, you know, not having a period. Uh, listen to this, Kristen, the largest uncontrolled experiment in the history of medical science. Whoa, Rico. That is some pretty strong language. Yeah. Well, Rico... Rico did have a point, Molly. I mean, that's kind of an extreme statement to make. But she and other doctors were opposed to menstrual suppression because of how it affected women's hormone levels. When you're taking oral contraceptives, it maintains a higher level of estrogen in your body so that you don't have a period. Now, at the same time, that drops your natural levels of testosterone. And that can lower your libido, reduce your the strength of your bones, and weaken heart health. 
So those are the health reasons behind this argument against menstrual suppression. Right. And additionally, people who are just on, you know, a 21-day cycle birth control may have heard about the risk of estrogen causing breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So there's the possibility that with that increase in estrogen in your body, you might be more at risk for breast cancer. But again, that's very sort of circumspect, um, you know, observation. No no scientific studies linking breast cancer and estrogen yet. Yeah. And and, uh, we we, we do have to say, though, that the jury is still out on whether or not there are long-term effects for menstrual suppression. There are studies going on right now, but a lot of the testing on whether or not they're safe are performed on people who are older than 18. So we don't know if girls start getting on uh, this birth control when they start having their periods, say, you know, 12, 13 years old. Doctors aren't exactly sure whether or not down the road that's going to, how that's going to affect their bodies. Right. And there might just be other consequences for women who are of age. We don't know how it'll affect future fertility if you're on it for something like 20 years. And there are people who, uh, just like with regular birth control, shouldn't take it. And those are women who smoke and are over the age of 35. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are side effects. It's not all white dresses and bikinis. The number one, probably least convenient side effect of taking these menstrual suppressing contraceptives is breakthrough bleeding. Since you only have your period, I think, four times a year with a lot of these, there's a good chance that you will spot Mm -hmm. when you're not supposed to. And I think that it's so severe that in the clinical studies, at least, women were dropping out just because it was so inconvenient, massive. It wasn't the carefree lifestyle they'd been promised. And there's still a social stigma attached to it. Some women are just uncomfortable with the idea of stopping their period. It feels like they're kind of playing God a little bit. Playing God and, you know, it seems unnatural. You know, there's sort of the argument if if we're meant to have it, we should just go ahead and have it. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, I think it also kind of depends on how uh, your mother explains it to you. Is it a rite of passage? Is it what makes you a woman? Or is it, you know, something to be ashamed of and something you just have to kind of grin and bear? Well, I think the good thing about all of this, Molly, is the FDA has approved it. It's a safe option, and it all comes down to choice. And hormones. And hormones. Well, Kristen, you were starting to sound a little bit like one of those cheesy tampon commercials. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Where's my sweater? (laughs) But if you want sort of a no-nonsense look at menstrual suppression with no uh, cheesy red bouncing balls or lumpy sweaters. There might be a couple bikinis, though. There might be. And you should check out the article, Do You Really Need to Have a Period Every Month? at HowStuffWorks.com. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions you'd like to shoot to me or Molly, you can email us at MomStuff at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?